You know, we have been working through this, this study for the last four weeks, and this is kind of the, the capstone piece. We're going to probably do another uh, piece to, next week, but it's more testimony. So this is kind of the last uh, message in this series. And we have been doing this uh, based off of a study done by Andy Stanley, who is a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. But I'll tell you that today, uh, this message is not from Andy Stanley. I'm not sure that he won't take credit for it. And uh, there's also some things that I'm going to talk about in here that are very personal, that are, um, they're, they're not law, but they are strong suggestions that I'm giving out based on what I found God's word and things I've experienced. And, and, it may, and it's not a, this is not what LifePoint says, this is more what, what I'm kind of laying out for you guys today. But um, that said, as we, before we jump into this, um, we're going to be studying from God's word, we're going to be reading from there. If you don't have a Bible, I'd love for you just to raise your hand right now. And our ushers are going to come by, and, uh, and when you get this Bible, you're welcome to just take it home with you. It is a free gift. But I do want to encourage you to look up these passages in your own Bible and to, to circle them and to read them and meditate on them uh, as you go throughout the rest of this week. Well, for those of you who have been here for the first uh, three messages, you know that we started off learning about the fact that we are rich. We may not think that we are rich, but we here in the United States, compared to those who live in foreign countries, are fabulously wealthy, even to the tune that if you make as a household income $37,000, that puts you in the top 4% earners uh, across the world, which is very impressive because $37,000 is not that much for a household income. And we also learned about some of the dangers of putting your faith and your trust in money and and I don't, you didn't even really need to hear that sermon because you, you should have known that just from watching the stock market over the last couple of weeks. You can't put your trust in wealth and money. And then last week, we had some very practical teaching on, on giving and, and just managing your money. We learned the 10-10-80 rule that when you are blessed by God with, with financial resources, you should give the first 10% back to him again. And then the next 10%, you should just save for yourself, for the future, and then the other 80%, you just have a ball with it. Go and spend that money. And that's, that is really some good practical teaching. But we want to dive right now back into our scripture passages because just as we've learned some very practical, practical things about money, what we're going to talk about today is the importance of giving with a spiritual perspective. I already talked a little bit about giving, but now we're going to talk about giving with a spiritual perspective. Now, our passage comes from uh, 1 Timothy, which is a letter that Paul, who was a, a, plant, a church planner in, uh, in the you know, first century, uh, he wrote this letter to his understudy who was pastoring a church that Paul had planted. And he's giving Timothy some very specific instructions on, on uh, what to teach rich people, those who have more resources than what they need, about what to do with their resources. And so we pick up from last week's, um, he says to them, command them, command those rich folks, command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now, we're encouraged to give, and we've already learned some practical things, but when you give... um, you got to think about what's the reason why you're giving. 
And I think that a lot of us give for very good reasons. Um, we just saw that clip on poverty. Maybe you give because you want to see world poverty, you know, wiped out. Or maybe you give because you know here at LifePoint, there's salaries and there's lights and there's bills that have to be paid. And so you want to you help out this organization. You want to give to support and make sure that that stuff gets paid. And those are all good things. But when we give, we ultimately need to give with a spiritual perspective, not just a practical one. Now, this is very important because um, when we think about just this book right here, God's Word, this is full of practical wisdom. I mean, think about this. God created everything, right? And then God comes down and He speaks to us through his word. And so now we've got basically kind of an owner's manual for how to operate in a world that he created. And so you, you get all kinds of things like, like don't steal and don't lie or save 10% of, of your, you know, or not save 10%, but save money so for the future. Now, now, these things are just, they're just wisdom, okay? And if you take what you've learned from here and you put it into practice and you don't even believe in God, okay? You don't make Jesus the Lord of your life, but you just start to put this into practice. It's going to work. This stuff's going to work more often than night. It's going to work because it just is aligned with the order that he created. Just like you have books that, that teach you about the laws of gravity. This is kind of the same thing, right? And so what we see is we've got, you know, um, these, you know, it's logical. It makes sense. It's predictable over time, statistically speaking. That's the physical side of things. But when we say, let's talk about giving on a spiritual plane, now we move into the mystical. We move into the miraculous. We move into those times when even though God has created this world and give it certain order, there's times when he decides to break the rules of gravity. There's times when, when he decides to, gra- to, to break uh, the rules of that when somebody gets sick and is dying of cancer, that they can be, they can be healed. Or that somebody who has been born with a, a birth defect and can never walk can suddenly in an instant, just by Jesus coming over there and saying, get up and walk, that they can walk. We see times that, that even though gravity forces water together, that water can be parted and people can walk through on dry land. Or, or fish and loaves, even though you've only got enough for, for one person, can be broken into the tiny pieces and feed a 1,000 or 5,000 people. You see, there are times when God decides to step in and to break rules, when we step into the spiritual. And that's what we're going to talk about, that we must give with a spiritual perspective. And a good starting point is just talking about the tithe. You see, before I even get into this, the thing you need to realize is that when you start to, to give with a spiritual perspective, you have to start to expect miraculous provision. Now, when we look at the tithe, um, this is what the tithe was. The Jews would give 10% of their income to a group of people called the, the, the priests and Levites. And these people did not have an inheritance in the land and have a, a place where they could work. But they went on behalf of the people to God. And so he provided resources for them. And so what people would do is they would come in and they would give the very first 10% of the crops that came in. They'd give that to, to these priests and Levites. 
and for the, the furtherment and the teaching of God's uh, laws. Now, I want you just to think about this for a minute because this is hard stuff. Think about what, what is your gross income? What's your gross household income? Now, factor what 10% of that would be. And since I know that there's a lot of us that, that aren't to the, this point of tithing, just imagine right now, that, like next Sunday, you start. You're going to start giving that amount every year, weekly basis. Kind of a hard thought, isn't it? I mean, part of you, you know, if you're like most people, you're going to go, how would I even do that? Like, that's just physically impossible. There's no way that I could make ends meet, uh, you know, if I was giving that kind of money. And, uh, you know, a lot of times in the church and other places, we, we encourage people to say, hey, just start to work your way there, you know. Maybe begin with 1% or maybe, maybe you know, 0.5% and then get to 2 and then, you know, and just work your way up over time. And this, there's nothing law about this stuff. Even in the New Testament, there's no direct command on this. So right now, we are out of, there's no, you know, thus saith the Lord here, right? In fact, if we're looking for some type of example in the New Testament, all we have is, is Jesus' command to the rich young ruler to give everything and follow him. But for centuries, this is what God's people have done. They've given 10%. Maybe you can work your way up. Again, no laws here. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to next week, begin giving 10%. Don't work your way up. Just next week, jump out there and do it. Now, I know how this sounds. It sounds bizarre, but I just want to tell you a story about a time that, that Jesus was hanging out with his disciples. And this widow comes by. And what, basically what they did, this is the day when everybody's going to put their ties in and they got this box and you just, you, everybody lines up and they drop it by and these Pharisees who are very well-to-do, have rental properties, they're dropping in these large sums. And then comes by this widow. And very important that she's a widow because back in this time, a widow didn't have any way to make money for herself other than prostitution or maybe the generosity of, of others. And so she comes by and all she has is these two copper coins it's like nothing, okay? That's all that she has. It's her life savings, it's her retirement, everything right there, these two coins. She comes in, she drops these two coins into the bucket. Jesus, he sees this, the disciples see it. Jesus says, ah, teachable moment. He gathers them around, calling his disciples to him. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Remember, everybody else is dumping in handfuls of cash, right? This one, what else? She's put more into this treasure than all of the others because they all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in everything, everything, all that she had to live on. That's all Jesus says. The guy, you see this? This woman comes in, she puts these two coins in, that's everything that she has, that's it. I'm going, okay, Jesus, what about the rest of the story here? What about saying, you know, this is a very admirable thing, and this woman should be just applauded for what she did. But that's really not the smartest thing, okay? Because, you know, that's all that she has. And, you know, she, she just, you know, make sure that you have enough to eat. Make sure that you have enough to clothe yourself. And then after that, with the excess, if you've got some money left over, give that as well. You know, you give. Then give to your heart's delight. But he doesn't say that. And here's the other thing. What she put in there was like nothing, right? The temple's not sitting there going, boy, we're not going to be able to pay our, pay our electric bill, you know, if, if 
this widow doesn't put in her, you know, two copper coins. Unneeded for that, okay? They can get along without it. But he just stops right there and says, look what she did. This is a great thing. Why would Jesus do that? See, I think that Jesus did that because he knows that God provides. He knows that God provides. In fact, in, a, in another place in Scripture, in Matthew chapter 6, we have uh, this, this teaching on anxiety, stress. And what is the thing that most people are stressed about? It's, it's money. Yeah. And so Jesus says, guys, I want you to look out. You see birds flying around all the time, right? And, and somehow they survive. God provides food for these birds. They don't go out and work nine-to-five jobs. That, yes, they are working hard when they're out there, but they don't, they don't plan ahead. They're just, they're just birds. God provides for them. And you are so much more valuable than birds to God. Won't he provide for you also? Hey, guys, look out in the field there. Do you see all that grass? I mean, it grows up one day and it's gone the next. And then look at all the flowers, all those beautiful flowers. In fact, on Mother's Day, ladies come in. What do they wear? They get all gussied up, right? And yet they still have to put on a flower to complete their, their, their wardrobes, right? He says, look at how beautiful this is. This is the way God clothes grass that's here one day and gone the next. How much more you who are so valuable and he loves so much. And so Jesus says to them, you seek first his kingdom and righteousness and then all of these other things will be given to you as well. You go out and you say, I got all these other pressures and stresses that I have to worry about, but don't worry about those things. If you want something to worry about, you seek first to, to expand his kingdom, to work for the furtherment of what, what Jesus taught. And then make sure that, that you're living a righteous life. Examine yourself. Make sure that, that you're aligned with what, what he's calling you to be and do. You seek for those, those things. You make that your priority. And then all this other stuff over here that everybody else is worried about, God says, I will take care of that for you. These are the words of Jesus here. He says, I'm going to cover this stuff if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Now, in my journal, this right here is my primary passage. Like if you say, what is that one, what's your favorite passage? What's the one that you, you, you know, if anything you're driving your life by, that you filter things through? This is my passage. I mean, I, I quote it to myself, you know, throughout the day, you know, just because things come in, you know, you're, it's, it's constant challenge. I always have to say, Mark, are you seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness now? Are you seeking after the other things? And it's always helping me to align those. Now, you know, we've had some times in our life, and I, I can remember when um, I graduated from Bible college, I felt like I still needed to, to learn some things, so we decided to, go to, to move to Illinois, and I was going to go to seminary. And uh, during that span of time, we lived in Kansas City for nine months, lived at home. I started to save up some money, and uh, I get this job uh, near where the seminary was at this, this little church. And I was making like $18,000 a year. Uh, we were technically below the poverty line. And, and we had WIC, and, you know, we had all this stuff, and we still had to tighten the budget to make, try to make things, you know, work. And uh, at that time... Um, I looked down, I realized that we were losing $150 every month, despite how we saved. And I'm looking at my savings, I'm doing a little math here, and I said, Lisa, I said, you know, it's October right now. This money is gone come June. 
June 1st, we have run out. And my first year of seminary, I was on scholarship. The second year, I had to pay for it myself. Now, at this time, we were, with what we had, we were tithing. And I start to look at this, and I go, what am I going to do? And uh, first thought, I was like, well, you know, I've been tithing to the church. What if I just, like, started tithing to the seminary, right? I mean, it's, it's a religious institution, right? You know, I mean, I'm doing this, and I just kind of move the money over here. I pay for my tuition. It's all good. I'm going to school to, to learn to teach, you know, better about what Jesus taught. I mean, doesn't that kind of, you know, make sense? But I just felt this gut. Like, I was like, doesn't God own everything? I mean, is it beyond him to just, you know, make a stack of cash appear on my doorstep? He could do that, right? He's, he's capable of that, all right? So I said, you know what, we're, we're just going to continue to tithe. And God can do what he will do with this. And if he wants me to continue going to seminary, then he's going to provide the resources. Either I'll get another scholarship or, I don't know, something will happen. If the resources don't appear, then I'm going to take that as a sign that God has just spoken to me and said, I want you to stop going to seminary for one year and just work. Maybe there's some things that he wants me to learn and then I'll come back when I have the resources. I'll finish that last year's seminary, and, and, you know, it'll be great. But either way, God's going to speak to me through this stuff. That's the plan. So about uh, a month later, uh, I go to call on this one member of our church. Now, the, the husband, he was very faithful. But his wife, she used to play the piano, and she had a falling out, and she just couldn't stand the church and couldn't stand the people there, had all these issues. and I mean, she had issues all over the place. And uh, so I go calling on them. I'm talking to him. I'm talking to her. her. Name's Barb, and she had rental properties. And so I'm making conversation, right? I say, I "Say, Barb, I said, how's everything going with your rental properties?" She says, "Oh, Mark, it's just absolutely terrible. These people just destroyed this place. I mean, they left cats running around all in there." And and she says, "Well, are you guys looking for something?" And I'm like, well, "Not after that, you know." <laughs> but uh, she says, "Well, this is a house. You guys are in an apartment right now." Um, I give you the place for four hundred a month, and we were paying four forty at the time. So I said, "Why?" Well, I said, "Well, you know, well, let us do some thinking about that, and you know, I'll, I'll get back with you." So we head home. I, I unlock the door. We walk into our little apartment, and the phone rings, and I pick it up, and it's Barb on the other line. And Barb says, she says, "Mark, I just after you left, I've been doing some thinking, and I just I want you to stay in that house for free." You pay the utilities, but you just you just stay in there for free. And um, you know, I, I'm just you can imagine because she had no clue. She had she knew nothing about our financial situation. We did not talk about that stuff. She knows nothing of it. Okay, and um, she says now you can't move in right away. Um, the place is you know trash, right? She said I'm going to go and put brand new carpet, brand new paint. I'm going to put a washer and dryer in there, brand new washer and dryer. We had been going to the laundromat with, you know, a baby. And anybody who's ever done that knows it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, and so, you know, she says, I'm going to just totally renovate this entire place. Now, little side thing here. Up to this point, we had lived in the dumpiest places you have ever seen. I picked out our very first apartment in college without my wife knowing about it. And, and it, was this, it was this basement apartment. It didn't even have a kitchen. It was just this hallway, right? And the first time that Lisa saw it, she cried. 
And, but she also cried when we left. So we made memories between, you know, the beginning first cry and the second cry that made it a little better. But, but my wife just loves to decorate, and she's never, she never had that opportunity. You know how it is in apartments and whatnot. And, and so Barbara says, listen, I'm going to renovate all this stuff, do all this stuff, and I want your wife to come along with me, and I want her to pick out the color of the carpet and the color of all this stuff as though it were her own home. Now, that year, we had just enough because of that to pay for our seminary and to get by. Um, we didn't come out wealthy out of this thing. But I'll tell you what, we went from reading this and hearing stories of how God worked in the past, stuff that some people could say is mythology, and we stepped into it, all right? We had things like that happen to us. And then we had other things happen. I'm going to save some of those stories. But I've had multiple times where God has just come out and just, it's not even, it defies statistics, defies logic how it came to be. But it did come to be. Because God is a real God. And when you talk to him, he listens and he hears. And when he lays something out in this word, he is faithful to his promises. All right, so, you know, you start to have this stuff happen to you. You know, hey, we didn't come out rich, but it's fun. And I love to tell these stories to people. So we start this life group uh, at my old church. And uh, I decide I'm going to invite my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. They're going someplace else, but not really going anywhere. And uh, six-week life group, I said, hey, just Steph, I'd love for you to come. And you know, I don't know if I just caught the right day or I, I talked her into it, but she says, okay, we'll do that. She goes home, tells Heath. He's like, what did you do? How are we going to get out of this thing after six weeks? And so he's not happy, but he comes, ends up loving the life group, and he's growing there. And, and just Heath is like on fire. He just wants to learn more and more. So, of course, in the pro- process, you know, I end up telling my tithing stories because I just love telling my tithing stories. And he starts hearing these tithing stories. And he goes, he's like, we're not tithing. There's no way that we can afford it. And he heard just kind of how that all ended up coming about. And, uh, and he goes, you know, I'm a, he says, I'm a paramedic. My wife is, is a nurse. And he's thinking, you know, it's not like I have, like, some bonus at the end of the year that God can, like, use as a venue in which to kind of bless me. You know, I'm just a paramedic. I know what I'm getting paid. It's, it's like... It's all there. In fact, if I get raised, it's it's just like static. It's a bureaucracy, right? But he says, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. We didn't know about this. Nobody, you know, he just on his own, he's doing this thing. And uh, so he starts, he says, this this week, he says, I am going to tithe. So they start tithing. Two weeks later, he goes uh, to the mail, and he opens this this envelope up, and there's a check in there for $7,000. No lie. I'll give you his email. You can ask him yourself. I'm not making this up. $7,000. You see, a year prior to that, a, a group of the paramedics got together, and there was some issue over their overtime. And so they decided to have a class action lawsuit against the, against the county. And my brother-in-law, Heath, thought it was just bogus. He says, this is kind of dishonest. And so when everybody was signing up to do this, he, he said, I'm not going to sign up. I don't I believe in this. I, I, think it, you know, I think it's bogus. And so this lawsuit ended up winning, right? And what they ended up, the county ended up doing is that even though, you know, they, they had to pay out to the people who were part of the lawsuit, but they said, hey, since we're paying out to these folks, we're also just going to go and pay those that weren't a part of it as well. So that's where that $7,000 came. And because they had now won that lawsuit and they changed it, from there on out, he received $500 a month more. It was a $500 a month bump. 
Think about this stuff. All this stuff was in play like a year ago, right? But he chooses to tithe, and, and then two weeks later, that's what happens. You know, I, I love to tell these two stories because I think that one of them, you know, you can say, oh, well, so-and-so is a pastor. Maybe that's, you know. But I tell you, the, I think that part of the reason why God did, did mine that first time and the reason that he used Barb and the fact that Barb never ended up coming to our church and she didn't, wasn't connected is that sometimes in the church people will help out a pastor, you know, or they'll, or they'll just give gifts. But I think God was like, hey, I want you to know that, that this is me. It's direct from me to you. It's not because you're a pastor. It's not because of anything you did. And for Heath, he's like, hey, I want you to know I can, I can work through any kind of confines, you know. I'm bigger than you think you need a venue. I create venues. Listen to this passage. The prophet God speaks through the prophet Malachi. And, and these are the, the words that he gives the prophet Malachi. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are all under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Go through here. Find for me other passages where God says, test me in this. He says, you go out there and just do it. It doesn't make sense. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know how you're going to make this stuff work. But just trust me. Trust that I am bigger than your circumstances, that I'm bigger than anything else that you're facing, and that I am faithful and that I love you. Step out. Test me in this. Now, quite frankly, I feel like this is a total raw deal. I really do. Because, okay, think about this. Heath goes out, right? And on a whim, he decides that he's going to tithe. And two weeks later, he gets a check for $7,000, and then he gets bumped up $500. I've been tithing since I was in college. And all I get out of the deal is just one free house for a short span of time. I mean, seriously, does that sound fair? You see, I can't guarantee what's going to happen, okay? You're going to hear people that, that get up and they say, listen, if you give to the church, this is what's going to happen next week. You give me $700, God's going to give you $7,000. You know. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. They are lying, okay? They are deceivers. They're con artists. That's not the way this thing works. It's not about money. It's a spiritual thing. And, and the deal is, is that you know, God is not, he's not the force, okay? He's not some nature thing out here. Our God is a very personal God. And just like any person, he responds one way one day with this one thing, and then he responds to another person a different way. And I challenge you, you know, go out there. Take this big step of faith. Find some way. Just start tithing next week. And, and for some of you, you're going to get a bonus. Your, your money is going to come out, and you're going to go, how did this happen? And you're going to be telling these miraculous stories. All right? Now, for others of you, probably the, ma- the majority, because miracles are miracles for a reason. What's going to happen is the money's not going to come in, and you're going to have to sell your car so that you no longer make payments on it. You're going to buy a beater, or you're going to have to downsize your house. Or 
you're going to have to tell your kids who are going to college right now that you don't have the money for, to continue paying for them to go to that school, and they're going to have to either work or find a scholarship or something else. But I do promise you this, that if you give, and you give in faith like that, that you will suddenly enter into a conversation with God. And he will begin to speak to you, not only through his word, but through circumstances. Because maybe what it is, is that God wants you to have to give up cable and internet. Because he wants you to spend more time with your family. And you're going to go in here and you're like, God, this preacher got up and said these stories. And I'm like waiting for the money to drop on the doorstep. And it's not happening. I'm having to cut back here. But that's because that's what he wants you to do. Because he's always more concerned about the process than the end product. He's always more concerned about that and more concerned about what he's going to be doing through you. Now, when you start to do all of this stuff, and you step out, and you start to view your giving through spiritual perspective, you're going to need to expect uh, miraculous treasure. And part of this, we, we see in there from the passage, says, you know, the, that when you, you give, you lay up treasure in heaven. And this comes from a passage that, that Jesus uh, laid out. Um, he said, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now you could read this passage and think that, that God has just basically set up some type of you know, passageway that, hey, you know, if you want to have a car here, you can, but you could just give your money, and then you're going to have a really nice Mercedes-Benz in heaven with a mansion and all this other stuff, and kind of like Pharaoh who shoved all his property in his, you know, and his pyramid to send it on to the other life, but that's kind of how this works. But I don't see that picture. You know, we don't really even know what that, that reward or that treasure is in heaven. I, I personally, as I read the passages, I think that it has a lot more to, to being placed into areas of greater service where you can work more and step and, and help more people and do greater good. I don't even know what kind of good that is in heaven. We're going to have to wait till then. But when you start to do this, you can start to experience treasure today, this very day. You don't have to wait till then. Because did you, did you hear the very end of that? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you start to give, the thing that you start to give to, the cause or the, the needy person, your heart starts to follow. And no longer is your heart owned by the things that you purchased, but your heart is owned by by the God who you are, are, are giving to and the, and, and the teaching and the, and the lives that are being changed. And there is freedom in that. In fact, it's almost like a prescription that if you just go out, if you've, had a, if you've had a bad week, if you've lost your job or the bills are piling up or you don't know, you know what you're going to do next, just give. Just, even in the midst of that, just find someone and give something to somebody. I've, I've had times where you know, two cars have gone in four times in about two weeks and racked up over $1,000 or had to change a plane ticket, $500 there, and we're going like, where, you know, I feel like Job, like, you know, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the Lord. But what got me out of my funk was that there was somebody who, who had a need. And we just said, well, all right, if it's going, you know, if it's going out these ways, I'm going to give it this way too. If we're going to just get rid of all this money, I'll join in. I can do that. And it just was, you know, just like freedom. And I think a lot of times God ends up blessing us as those. But, but even in the moment of just giving away, it was just like, ah, just I'm free. I'm free. 
And that's the beauty. But all of this stuff, I think God lays out just so he can just get us to engage in him, with him, and experience what he wants us to experience. Please bow with me. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that, um, that you are a real and living God, that you are not a figment of somebody's imagination, uh, that you are not some force of nature, but that you are a living God who hears prayers and who sees acts of faith and rewards those who place their trust in you and step out into harm's way, into things, into confusion, into not knowing what's going to be the next step or what, where, where's, where the next resources are going to come from. But just steps into your trust and into your treasure. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.